All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We started a GoFundMe to raise cap space for the Oilers. How much do you think we could raise? 40, 50 bucks. Well, we might need to. Let's get into it with the lead. (laughs) Damn it. Cap's supposed to go up. Makes me mad. Uh, Welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. And as always, coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. Brian is in with the first comment of the show. He says, good morning, Mondays suck. Yeah, man, I feel you. Kildrak says, instead of having a case of the Mondays, I decided to have a case of beer. Giddy up. Hey. I don't mind that. Uh, I don't mind that approach. Uh, lots of comments to get to on the Oilers Nation YouTube. Welcome into a new week of the show where we are really hoping our, our stream is having a case of the Mondays. That's what's up. Get it a bag of beer or a crepe. Maybe yep. not a bag. Bag of beer, yeah, like I a said, bladder of beer. That's what I said. A nice black bag of beer. Used to be able to, they used to sell at the liquor store like a bladder of twisted tea. Did you ever get one of those? Or, oh, you know yeah, what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. No, you can I get like a did. bladder of wine too. Yeah. Box no, of wine. I've I never it. ventured down that road. Yeah, neither have I, I. can't think of a situation that I would want that. One night I went and instead of, I was like, oh, better value. Instead of a case of beer, I got one of those mini kegs they sell. Like oh, that yeah. Big, little yeah. Hanukkah keg. Uh, it was not that good. No, it's very foamy. I've had one of those before too, and I remember half the night was just pumping the thing. Yeah, yeah. not a lot. Not it's worth not it. that great. Just buy, just buy the buy the cans. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> we will talk some hockey today on the show. There's a lot of storylines to uh, 
a lot of storylines to get to from the weekend around the NHL. So we'll call it the weekend notebook to kick off the show before mm. we get into anything else. Uh, we have the Vegas Golden Knights going up one nothing in the Stanley Cup final over the Florida Panthers. Uh, not exactly stunning. It's going to be a tight series, I still think, back and forth. Sergei Bobrovsky looked human. Aiden Hill looked remarkable. Mm-hmm. But I'm not walking away from that game going, oh, the Panthers are screwed. Like, no, like winning game one at home, That's ex- that, that was an expected result. Yeah, they down one nothing. I mean, that's what did Paul Maurice say after? He was like, you guys are just trying to make a headline out of this, something like that, right? Yeah, so, he said, I think he said like everyone needs to calm the bleep down. Yeah, like you're not going to win four straight games. I think most of us think this series is going to go six to seven, which is, either way, because Florida or Vegas. So yeah, it's not that surprising. But yeah, Aiden Hill, like Lauren Braswaga and her might have been the best thing that happened to the Vegas Golden Knights this playoffs. Been kind of nuts. Yeah, it's something, man. Like again, when he went down, I remember sitting at Rogers Place and being like, this is a turning point for the yeah. Edmonton Oilers. Damn it, it ended up being a turning point for the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, a 5-2 victory in game one. Mac Chuck got the boot at one point in that game. Mm-hmm. Like it was a weird one for Florida. And again, I don't think the time off affected them all too much from like a, they came out slow, blah, blah. They got the first goal of the game, Eric Stahl with a shorty. I think where it maybe affected them a little bit was they had so much time just getting amped up for this. Mm-hmm. And I think they were almost trying so hard to show that they weren't rusty that they ended up going a bit too far, going over a few lines that they shouldn't have. And Kachuk was a good example of that. Yeah, that's probably a fair thing to say that the time off is always such a, it's always good and bad, isn't it? Because on one regard, it's okay, well, now we can rest. And like you had a game in Florida where you went to quadruple overtime or whatever it was, right? Like you're exhausted from that still, I'm imagining. So yeah, you get all that, but then yeah, you get into the game and yeah. sometimes your legs aren't right there for you, but I'm not really worried about Florida. No, I wouldn't be either. And since this is Panthers Nation, we need to have a mm. lot of confidence in our Florida Panthers. Uh, Mike Babcock, first reported by Darren Dreger, confirmed by a handful of other insiders, going to the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's been four years since Babcock was the head coach of the Jackets. And the way coaching contracts work in the NHL is if you get fired, the mm-hmm. uh, the team that fired you still has to pay out your contract. They are fully guaranteed, right? Yep. But if you get a new job... The salary difference is the only thing the old team is on the hook for. So Mike Babcock had $5 million a year to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Blue Jackets are going to hire him. If they would have hired him on June 1, then that means the Leafs would have gotten out of some amount of the final year of Bab or the final month, I should say, of Babcock's contract. Mm-hmm. He is waiting to sign with the Blue Jackets until July 1 so that the Leafs and only the Leafs pay out every penny <laughs> of that contract. It is wildly petty and I love it. Doesn't that kind of show you who Mike Babcock is a little bit too? I mean, it might also be a blue jacket thing. Yeah, They're not exactly fair. a cash rich organization. They might've been like, Hey man, we're, we're just going to wait until July one to make this official. So we don't have to pay it. Yeah. I guess he's still getting paid. So it doesn't yeah. matter to him that much, but I don't like it, Tyler. I am not in on this train. I think it's just an absolute terrible decision by the Columbus Blue Jackets to bring him back into the NHL. And I think it just shows that the NHL is just a carousel of the same people rotating through jobs. Like, you know, you got Babcock, who's now coming back into the picture, and we all know the story there. And then there's also the Peter Shirelli somehow keeps getting into these conversations, different areas of it. But I just think there's surely there's somebody else, right? Like the Anaheim Ducks went in a peculiar direction today hiring greg cronin a 60 year old who has like 12 years of being an assistant yeah. but a head coach for about 10 in the american league and 
you look at that one, you're like, okay, well, at least that guy is getting an opportunity here yeah. and see what he can do. And I just think for Columbus, like you're trying to build this new identity where you're bringing a guy like Johnny Gaudreau, who probably didn't like playing under Daryl Sutter too much. Yeah. And now you're bringing in a Mike Babcock who doesn't like young players. You can ask Mitch Marner about all of that. And it's just yeah. like, is this worth it? I think that's the question Columbus needs to ask themselves. Yeah. Of the top 10 teams in the regular season in the NHL, Boston had a retread head coach, Jersey with Lindy Ruff, Vegas with Bruce Cassidy is a retread, Dallas, the Rangers, and Kings are all retreads. So 60% of the top 10 teams this year in the NHL had a retread head coaches. The four that didn't were the Oilers with mm-hmm. Jay Woodcroft, the Hurricanes with Rod Brindamore, the Leafs with Sheldon Keefe, and the fourth one on that list is Colorado with Jared Bednar. So, so yeah, younger it's group. starting to move away a little bit, but to stay specific to Mike Babcock, it's a very, I called it today on DFO live with, with Sarah Valley. I called it a boomer bust hire. Like if he has learned his lesson and he knows that with the new generation of players, you can't just be, you know, the army general anymore. You mm. need to be a bit more of a friend, right? You can't, yeah. it's not just enough to bark out orders anymore. If he's learned his lesson and can be more of a player's coach, then it should be fine. Hey, Johnny Goudreau had a 115-point season under Daryl Sutter. Patrick Laine had great years under Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice is more of a player's coach than, than Babcock ever has been. But still, if you're Babcock and you can maybe take on a bit more of a Paul Maurice-like angle in your second act or third act, I should say, then I think it's interesting. I think it, it could work out. He is a darn good head coach when it yeah. comes to the X's and O's. He's won rings. He's gone to a ton of championships. I'm, I don't know if the fits there with his blue jackets team. And if it doesn't go well, I think it's one of those things where it will look ugly at the six month mark of this regular season. I don't think it's something where it's like, Oh, it was okay. It had its up and downs. I think it's either going very well or very terribly. Yeah. I think only time will tell and people in the chat saying he was at the university of Saskatchewan and like, maybe we need to relax a lot, but also like how many head coaches who have been sacked have former players continuously come out and say oh, how much they hate this guy. Like all the time. All of them. To dude. be fair, a lot so, of players come out and say, I liked him. Babcock? Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there are, and the guy, I mean, it's, it's, it's split, vocal. right? For it's sure. vocal. And there aren't as many that have come out and said, I liked him. But there are guys who come out and say, yeah, like he's hard on you, but you're a professional athlete. Like, I, I just think it's interesting that, like, you don't hear that. There's never that split decision with yeah. many other coaches, right? Yeah. And I just, just think there's ways to get away from this. Yeah. Uh, what else? I wanted to hit on what the YouTube chat was saying. Uh, Christopher Palmer said Babcock just spent time in the University of Saskatchewan. Young players, something to think about. I heard mixed reviews about his time there. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if that was necessarily where he went to learn how to deal with young players. I think he was just looking for something to do, if we're being honest. Um, Davin is in and says, I'm sorry for for not liking last week. Oh, I think it takes a big person to apologize, right? Anyways, not easy to admit your mistakes. Don't be like Davin. Hit the like button on today's show live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. <laughs> Mainlander Tim wants to know, is there going to be a nation vacation to watch the Jays this summer? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think we're talking about it a little bit, but nothing for sure. Um, what else do we got here? Good news at Cole Caulfield Extension. Yes, let's talk about that. An eight-year deal for Gold Caulfield which is his one and only nickname, Gold Caulfield. Yeah. Um, Eight-year deal, 7.5 mil. So it comes in like 200K less than what they gave their captain, Nick Suzuki. I love this. He's he's scoring at like a 40-goal pace early in his career. 
it's a gamble when you commit this much term and money to someone who hasn't played 150 games. But Cole Caulfield does the thing that is the most difficult to do in this sport. He scores goals. Scores. And we know eventually, and we'll get to this in a second, that the cap's going to start jumping. And when it does, it'll really start jumping. So you're telling me four years from now, say the cap's up 16, 17 million bucks. We're dealing with a $100 million ceiling potentially. And you're going to have your franchise center and your franchise winger, this dynamic duo, you're going to have them for like 15 mil. That's a tidy little bit of business from, from the Montreal Canadiens. I think they did a good job here. And like 7.8 million isn't even superstar money. Mm-hmm. And Cole Caulfield, I think, has superstar potential. I Yeah, I do too. I mean, it's kind of funny, isn't it, where he was when Martin St. Louis came in. Like that guy, if I remember correctly, just couldn't hit a barn door. Yeah. Like he was doing nothing, right? And then all of a sudden, you get this new injection of confidence. And here he is with 26 goals in 46 games last season. Like mm-hmm. He is such a, a unique talent. I remember when he got drafted, the others obviously took Caulfield. I, I wanted, uh, sorry, they took Broberg. I wanted Caulfield so bad when they took him. I think, like you said, the hardest thing to do in sports, in this sport, is score goals and that's all he's done his entire career. It's quite funny actually looking back yeah. at his assists. He had 10 assists this season. Like he's hit closer to 10 assists in most years and 30 goals. Yeah. It's just kind of wild what he does. He's, he's what's that? What was that player called? Brandon Peary? Yeah, we were talking yeah, about him last week. He's Brandon Peary, but a little better. Uh, a little, hey? <laughs> just a little bit better than Brandon Peary. Uh, Marshall said, everyone said Dreisaitl's $8.5 million contract was crazy when it was signed. Now it's the best contract in the NHL. And yeah, I think people right now are maybe saying like, oh, too rich for Cole Caulfield. Oh, like, doesn't know how to play defense, all this stuff. Dude, if he's popping home 50 in year three of that deal, mm-hmm. if in the eight-year deal he has 450 goal seasons, it's a hair over $7 million. Like, if you're going to try build a Stanley Cup contender, these are the risks you need to take. Do you know, on the defense thing, like, yeah, you obviously want guys to know how to play defense. But like you said, if you're playing home 50, it's probably just as good. Better. What did, the, what did Barry Trotz say defense? the other day when he was, oh, yeah. he was talking to the media, the new GM of the National Predators, and he said he told his scouts to take swings. He said, I can find you third and fourth liners. Mm-hmm. You go out and get me guys who bring fans into the building. Yeah. And that's it, man. Like, the easier part of building up a contender is finding your third and fourth line players, finding guys who can kill penalties and centermen and all of the, or like a bottom six center. I know that's ironically the thing the Oilers have struggled the most with, Yeah, but nine times out of 10, the easiest thing to do is to go get those bottom six guys who play hard for you. And I think Montreal's also done a good job of getting that so far with guys like Pizzetta and whatnot, but yeah. yeah. I, do you know, it's funny after Trotz made that comment, I wondered I kind of looked back at like some of the Oilers drafts recently and to their credit, they've done a pretty good job of, of grabbing some showstoppers as well. Like yep. Petrov, Savoy, Holloway, like they've actually got some pretty high end talent coming as well. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. Yeah. Trotz as a head coach, it's like a different perspective, I guess you would think. Yeah. Cause like I can find anyone like that. Speaking of that, did you hear about the Nick Bukestad stuff that on uh, Sean Bell's show? No. So Sean Bell and uh, Tom Gazzola of their show on 1260, right? Yeah. And they have Mark Pissick on the show. Okay. Who Nick Bukestad lives in Mark Pissick's house. I okay. Believe. Oh, like Bukestad. Oh, when he came at the deadline, yeah. he's living in Mark Pissick's house. Cause, okay. Yeah, so yeah. they asked him, they're like, hey, what can you tell us about Bukestad coming back? And he said that his friends, uh, it's funny you said this off the top too, like uh, 
said like we'll create a GoFundMe page for the others to afford him to come and play next season. So Bukestead wants to come back. Supposedly, it's just a matter of money. Yeah, which is good. Fifty-fifty. It's fifty. It always is a matter of money. I think he's yeah. priced himself out of the market. Me too. He's been I way just, too good. He deserves yeah. it. And that does kind of bring us to our Sherwood Ford Giant offseason question for the day. Shout out to Sherwood Ford the Giant. In the month of June, every time you go for a test drive at Sherwood Ford, you know what they do? They make a donation to charity. That's what you get at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Fantastic service. And they are very community-minded, which is why we love partnering up with them. I just want to get, uh, what's the details on that again? I didn't have the right tab openly. Uh, Classic. Happens all the time. Anyway, shout out to Sherwood Ford. The donations go to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation. Every test drive taken by consumers this month. So head out to Sherwood Ford the Giant and go. Maybe you want to hop in a new Mustang. Yes. Have you seen the Mustang like SUVs, the electric ones or whatever? Uh, no, I have not. They're like not. the Mach-E's, I think they're called. They're sick. Mustang SUV. Yeah, look it up. SUV. Electric? Yeah. Is that what you said? yeah, yeah. yeah. You've seen them on the road. They are oh, pretty Oh, this little guy. Aren't those cool as hell? Those do look pretty nice. Yeah. Much better than the, um, do you remember when Porsche converted to an SUV? Yeah. That might be the ugliest car I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Aside from those cube things that some people make. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not for me. Yep. Mustang SUV though. Pretty oh, legit. yeah. Maybe it's my new car. So Gary Bettman has his press conference. He touches on a few things. There was like some shit about the coyotes and it's like, ah, eh, whatever, don't care. Some stuff about expansion. It's like, ah, eh, don't really buy it. Uh, an interesting thing on Valeri Nachushkin and Batman saying that the avalanche like handled it well. Like, well, all they did was kind of tell Nachushkin to go away and then ignore it. I don't know if that's handling it well. He's yeah. not going to face discipline from the league. I think he should probably face discipline from the avalanche. Uh, I get, I guess yeah. maybe them, the, they could tell you, well, we sent him home for the rest of the playoffs. That was his discipline. Maybe but, two games. Yeah. I don't know. That's a weird one. Uh, but the interesting part was when Batman was relatively adamant that the cap's only going up 1 million bucks. Yeah. He was pretty confident when he said that. Frank today on DFO live still kind of said he used the comparison comparison of this is like throwing raw meat at the players association and seeing if they'll bite. (laughs) They're in a negotiation. It's not as simple as the usual calculation to what the salary cap will be because Mm. of the escrow and the debt and words. I don't quite understand. Mm -hmm. But Gary Bettman's in the middle of a negotiation. He is not going to come out to the media and sit. And he's calculated. I've sat in these press conferences with him before. He knows what he's talking about. He kind of knows what the questions are going to be. He knew this one would get brought up in the middle of a negotiation with the PA. He's not going to sit there and say, hey, the owners and the GMs would love to see the cap go up three mil. And we're very eager to make it happen. Obviously not. They're trying to get what they want out of the PA in this negotiation. Marty Walsh came out after. He had some stuff to say about the Coyote situation and this. So, listen, am I less confident that it's going up $3 million? Yeah. Is it a guarantee lock at this point to go up only $1 million like Gary wants you to believe? No, it's not. Yeah. Things change very quickly in this world. I don't believe a word that Gary Bettman says until I it very rarely happens. do. And that's not to say he's a liar. He just knows what he has mm. to say, right? Like he's a, isn't he a lawyer? Like, isn't that kind yeah, of what he is? Like, pretty that's, much? like that's what he's got to do. So yeah, I look the salary cap's going to go up. Hopefully it's a bit more than a million to benefit the Oilers a little bit more, but I would take what he says with a grain of salt until it's on paper, right? Like in, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. The players, I could see it. Just, 
Two million. That's kind of my guess. Like somewhere in the middle. Two, two and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, people are complaining the video's not lined up. So give us one second. You're ready. There we go. That took a little bit longer than I thought we were. Yeah, usually our resets are like, (laughs) you wouldn't even notice them if you're watching. That reset was definitely a little laggy, uh, but hopefully we solved our issue there. Marshall says, Batman would never lie to us. Yeah, let's not forget Batman comes out every season and tells us games start on time too, so. Yeah, league's in a great spot on and off the ice. George Peros, immaculate job as the head of player safety. Told us the refs were the best they've ever been last season too, so. Which might be true, but. Hey, yeah, I don't know if a little ways to go then. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're watching on the Oilers Nation YouTube, hammer that like button. Oilers Nation every day. We're talking about the short for giant offseason question. If the cap only goes up by one million, how much does that change the Oilers offseason plans? And here's what I'll say: I actually think it directly affects Warren Fogle's future as an Edmonton Oiler. I think that's fair. I kind of was addressing this last week too. Yeah. It's like he makes just a little bit too much. Okay, five point nine million. That's how much space the Oilers are going to have right now. That's an $83.5 million cap. Yeah. So the math we did last week, I think you need to put three and a half aside for Costin and McLeod to bring them both back. Mm -hmm. I think you need to put 1.8 aside for Ryan and Yanmark. So three and a half was 1.8 is four and a half, 5.3 million. That means you have six, you would have 600 K left. You would have one, two, three, four, 12 forwards on your roster. Okay. That's decent. You would have seven D men signed, but that doesn't include Bouchard. So 600K to get Bouchard done. Not enough. You need at least 3.25. So you need to dump yeah. Kyler Yamamoto. You have Even to. a Yamo buyout at that point almost doesn't give you enough money to sign Evan Bouchard unless, and this could be the answer, one of the answers, how does a $1 million cap increase affect things? It might have to be a one-year deal for Evan Bouchard. He has no arb rights this year. He will next summer. Remember, Ryan McLeod was basically forced into taking whatever the Oilers would offer him. He took mm-hmm. a little bit less to help them with their cap situation. You might have to go like one year, two million bucks with Bouchard this season. Just to be like, hey, we're, we got to punt it down the line. And if he doesn't sign an offer sheet somewhere, that's the only leverage play he has. And that rarely ever happens in today's NHL. So I'm looking at this and going, you might actually only be able to do one year for Evan Bouchard if the cap only goes up one mil. Do we know how much those Arbrights would be around for the year after? Like what that could be? Well, the Arb thing, I think it's dependent. Yeah, I don't yeah, think okay. there's any like hard numbers there. Yeah, that's... It would be concerning to go to Arb with that guy sure. if he puts yeah. up 65 points as a D-man. Yeah. You're looking at probably a $7 million Arb case. So you might have to go long-term with Bouchard next summer if you only go one year now. Right. And if, do you know the, the wild thing? The others don't really have like bad contracts. No. Like I know people are going to point to the nurse one, whatever. Yeah. But like Yamamoto and Warren Fogel are like the two that are on there and they make six million combined. But yeah. I think those two might have to go just for the idea of like you've got to create more flexibility with this team in ways. Yeah. And yeah, it just seems like an option. Fogel I would like to keep, but... I think he, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. So you basically have 600K. You're going to move Yamamoto off your roster, replace him with, I mean, no one, I guess, at that point, because I was counting him in the 12 forwards you'd have signed. So you'd want to replace Yamamoto with someone making league men to be your 13th forward. Yeah. So now you've just freed up 2.3, add that onto your 600K, you have 2.9. Like if the cap only goes up 1 mil, yeah, you need to move Fogel and Yamo just to get Bouchard done, potentially, unless, again, Bouchard's going to come in very low. And at that point, you have no money to replace forwards in your lineup. 
Yeah, I I think it's becoming very apparent the more and more we talk about this that the others are going into the season with 12 forwards and six defensemen. And just running a low roster again. I think they're just doing that and someone gets hurt, that's how they do it. Yeah. That's the way I think it's going to roll for them just because there was a point last season too where they were able to do emergency Mm call-ups, right? Yeah. So I think that's what they'll try and just get themselves into just to spend as much as they can on quality. Yeah. The one thing I actually didn't factor in there is, yeah, that's the roster with Niemalainen on it. So you're probably, you're not starting the year with all three of Broberg, Deharnay, and Niemalainen on there once Bouchard signed. One of them is going down. So I guess that's a little bit of an extra thing. Let's add that 700K to the 600 we talked about that Mm -hmm. you have left over after signing all your free agent forwards. So you really have 1.3. So yeah, moving Yamo is enough then, I suppose, to get Bouchard done to a one or two year bridge deal. But you can't do anything else after that. So if you wanted to go get a Connor Brown or if you wanted to go sign a JVR or do anything, it probably needs to come at the cost of Warren Fogle as well. Which again, when you start to look at how this lineup could take shape next year, you got McDavid, Drysdale, Hyman, Kane, Nuge. You got your five big guns. Okay, if both Yamo and Fogle are gone, you're running... Holloway, Costin, McLeod, Yanmark, Derek Ryan as your five bottom sixers. Mm-hmm. And then you're at that point banking on Lavoie winning a job yeah, and banking on whoever you sign for league men being able to check in and, and be an impact everyday player for you. And there's still, again, if you trade both Fogel and Yamamoto, I guess you'd at that point have the money to maybe get a Connor Brown, but There's a lot of things that are very connected and it all starts with how much the cap is going to go up. If it goes up three, it's going to feel like freaking Christmas morning in that Oilers front office because all of a sudden you're like, boom, we're keeping Fogle. Yeah, we're still trading yams. Bang, we're bringing in Connor Brown and we're good. All of our pieces kind of line up. You're kind of out there this summer if it doesn't go up looking for your Connor Hagee, right? Someone who can maybe take that elevated step into the team, but... They're going to have to find some some bargains from somewhere. But it was reported the other week from Nugent Bowman that the Oilers are looking for low-end cost forwards, like veterans, that kind of guy. So yeah. I don't know. I don't really have too many names on the list for us right now. But it's going to be it's going to be a tight squeeze. I wrote an article yesterday on Oilers Nation too, just talking about how Frank said like none of the core are going anywhere either. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be really small details that get changed. Wise Kyle says McLeod and Costin will be 1.25 and 1 million respectively. Boosh will be three by three. Ditch met Yanmark League Min Ryan. Wildly team friendly on all three of those fronts. If you're going three years with Bouchard, it starts with a five. And I don't think McLeod, well, McLeod is worth more than 1 million. Yeah. He has Arbrights now. And you have to remember, like, the way these things are usually looked at is. <laughs> 100K per point is like the general baseline that people like do this. Now, as an R, that's for UFAs. As an RFA, you lose a little bit of that. McLeod had 23 points in 57 games. Like, I think, and that was only 57 games as well. He is worth $2 million for yeah, this team. I think so too. If he was on the open market as a UFA, he probably gets like two and a half. Maybe it's lower because, again, Arbright's, he's an RFA, whatever. But if you think that contract isn't going above 1.5, you are mistaken. Clem Costin, same kind of boat, man. If that guy wants to sign an offer sheet somewhere or whatever, like at the end of the day, he doesn't have a ton of rights because of his contract status. But 21 points in 57 games, that guy has value. He's not a $1 million player anymore. I think he's the reason why you could move Warren Fogel, though. Probably. I think you can give a bigger role to him next year. Absolutely. I think you could. 
proved himself this season. Yep. I think the Oilers need to just put more trust in him. Obviously, something's got to get out of his game, but it's the way he is, right? He's an aggressive player with plays with a bit of passion, I think is fair to say. So that he'd be the reason why. But yeah, I think we're looking at one and a half minimum for Costin, yeah. I think. And Christopher Palmer says, what about CeCe? You don't have the money to upgrade CC anymore. I think that ship's yeah. kind of sailed. Like just looking at the landscape of things, it's going to be really, really tight. Uh, Wise Kyle says, sign Brown, trade Yamo, sign Severson. You don't have money to do that. Add a depth JVR to JVR is going to take you two and a half mil. CC is going to cost you six. Like again, we're not, you can't just throw out random stuff and pretend the cap's going to be 90 mil next year. Like that's not how this stuff kind of works. So some people talking about Corey Perry. I don't think there's any shot they sign Perry. That guy's staying in Tampa. Just, I don't know what it would be about him. It's just the idea of like, after all these years, Corey Perry becomes an Edmonton Oiler. Like, it'd be funny. It would be funny. Uh, Christopher Palmer says the Bakersfield kids need the puck too. Lavoie, Holloway, Broberg, I think those three could be in the mix. I think if you're hoping someone else cracks his team, you're you're going to be left disappointed. It, bake, the Bakersfield Condors will be very, very good next season. Really? I, the talent they have, even with the guys coming up, but also like, those guys aren't in conversation for the others this season. However, for the year after, I think that's when we can start talking about yeah. a few more players in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there's your short four giant offseason question. If the cap only goes up one mil, how much will that change the others offseason? The answer is drastically. Yes. It's the difference probably between one or two years for Evan Bouchard. It's the difference between Fogel being here and him not being here. The ripple effect of, of this cap potentially not changing very much is, is it's, it's significant. But don't take Gary's word for it. It's no. kind of what I'm saying here. Gary's a liar. They're going to want... Gary's to, on the naughty list. Yeah. <laughs> like At the end of the day, it makes sense for... like Obviously, the players want the cap to go up because an extra $2 million means an extra $60 million that teams could potentially spend on free agents, yep. player salary. It makes sense. From an owner-GM perspective, and again, the owners are the ones that ultimately Gary has to report to, but the owners also want to win. And I think there will be plenty of owners will be sitting there they're going, hey, let's get the cap up. Like, let's mm-hmm. go. Let's start moving in the right direction here. It, if it goes up one mil this year, next year it could go up seven, or you could do three this year, five next year, right? Like, just do it. One of those owners that I promise you will be petitioning for this is Mr. Cates. Probably. He will want this very, very badly. Yep. There you go. There's our giant offseason question for Sherwood Ford. The giant every test drive this month means a donation from Sherwood Ford to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation, SherwoodFord.ca. Every day we do a new player card, Liam. And today our player card, or actually it was last week too, brought to you by UFC. We're only six days away, five days away, depending how you count, from UFC 289. Mm. Aldana versus Nunez. Yep. That's a big one. Six Canadians on the card. That's fun. It's going to be a doozy. Oliveira. Mm-hmm. You've been big on that one. Yeah, he's a good one. I was watching some of his highlights the other day from when he fought Chandler. Mm. He just beat him up. He is a fierce man. I would not like to get an Antigone with, well, fr- quite frankly, any of them. Yep, that's but a good point. Specifically him, he would be number one. <laughs> uh, live from Rogers <laughs> Arena in Vancouver on, Jan- or on June 10th and live in your living room with the pay-per-view broadcast. Uh, today's player grade, we finished Fogel. He was 37. No other players are in the 30s. No players in the 40s. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah I guess we got rid of Cassian. And I think Demers might have worn it. Oh, Demers was 47. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So we had to go all the way to the 50s. 
And it's Dylan Holloway's turn for the player grade. The rookie spent the first half of the season up in Edmonton. And I think after his preseason hat trick, we were all hoping for a lot. (laughs) Instead, he only scored three goals in his 51 games. Our expectations definitely got the best of us. The preseason Kool-Aid set up Dylan Holloway to fail. And that is disappointing. Um, I'm not ultimately giving him a failing grade. I went with a C- minus for his regular season grade, Liam. Nine points in 51 games, three goals. That's not very good. There were ugly turnovers, bad penalties, not a lot of great moments. But at the end of the day, he was an everyday NHL player for the first half of the year. And he got valuable experience. So I went C minus. Yeah, I think that's fair. You don't want to be too harsh on the kid. Do no. you? Like, he got put in some bad situations sometimes. I mean, what was it? Game three, he got his head blown off because yeah. Warren Fogel just gave him a suicide pass. So, yeah, kind of a tough one, but goes down to Bakersfield as well. Unfortunate injury for him, too. I think it was the first game he got nailed. Scored the and then got hurt, right? Yeah, and oh, then yeah. came back and was was promising. So, next season is going to be good for him, I think. He's, the, the pressure will be off, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But it was quite funny watching him go from the preseason hat trick to what was it, his first shift in the NHL right on the tape of JT Miller. Yeah. Uh, yikes. <laughs> Instead of doing a playoff grade because he didn't factor into the playoffs, I went with a Bakersfield mm-hmm. grade because that was kind of the back half of Holloway's season. And he had some really good numbers down in Baco. So just looking at the box cars, I think he deserves an A because he went down there. He scored seven goals in 12 games. That's really good. Um, you're someone who kind of keeps tabs on Bakersfield a lot closer than I do. Is an A a fair grade for what Holloway did down there? Yeah, I mean, you just from an Oilers fan perspective too, like you want him to go down there. You want him to see him score points and that's exactly what he did, right? And seems to be consistent with it all as well. You would have liked to maybe see him contribute a little bit more in the playoffs with no points, but Bakersfield weren't great. So yeah, I think that's fair. I think coming up this season, it's, the big thing for him is just momentum. I feel like that's what he needs to continue to thrive. And I'm excited to see what Holloway is capable of because the Oilers will need him more this season than they kind of needed him the last season. We'll see. Yeah. He, like, last time he worked his way onto the fourth line and it was just like, hey, he's getting experience, whatever. Mm. At times we were like, hey, get this guy a top six look. Like, come on. And he did get a few. And I thought he looked fine there. This year it's more of like a, okay, you can't, it's not just enough to be there. You need to be Mm. an impact top nine winger for this team. And that's not, I don't think it's totally unfair. He's heading into his, what'll be his age 22 season. He turns 22 at the end of September. So giddy up, right? 22 years old, mid round, first round pick, 14th overall. In today's NHL, you should be making an impact at 22 for where he was drafted. Who's in his draft class? Seth Jarvis is making an impact when one pick before him. I yeah. think that might have been who the Oilers would have taken if he would have fallen one more. Dawson Anton Nelson. Lundell taking three before him, making an impact, right? Cole Perfetti. Yeah. Yeah, then right behind him, Dawson Mercer's doing well. Doing well. Braden Schneider's an everyday D-man. Uh, Jake Neighbors was almost an everyday forward with the St. Louis Blues. Like, there are other guys. It's a uh, good draft class. Actually. Yeah, it actually was a really good draft crowd, draft class. Right. So, yeah, if you're Dylan Holloway, giddy up, man. I'm excited for him next year. Like, that's not me being like, oh, if he has a bad year, he's a bust. No. I actually think he's going to have a good year. I'm just saying, like, I'm high on the guy, and I'm excited to see him come through next season. Yep, I am too. There you go. There's your player grade for UFC 289 Saturday pay-per-view. You won't want to miss it. Headlined by Al, by Nunez versus Aldana. Uh, here's what you said in the chat about that. Owen says D plus for the regular season. A in Bakersfield. Ryan says C minus is fair. Life went downhill after his first bad pass. I mean, yeah, that was his first play of the regular season. 
Uh, Sean said, I'll give Dylan the villain a C minus. Davin adds the ceiling is high. Ryan says 35 points next year. I could see 35 points for Dylan Holloway next season. I had him as a cold winner this year, yep. so won't be as bad next year. Chance of returning 97%. I couldn't go 100 because you never know. Like if there's a team out there who has this great player on the mm. trade market, right? And they go, we just want Dylan Holloway. You probably have to consider it to some extent, right? But I don't think the Oilers obviously are going out and like shopping the guy. He's probably in conversations. Yeah. But he's not going to be someone that teams will ask out. about him yeah. if you're making a deal kind of thing. For sure. Yep. Uh, speaking of trade, let's go to today's trade machine, which actually was inspired by a DM I got from Spencer Powell on Instagram. So if you have mock trades, not just for the Oilers, but for mm. any team around the NHL, feel free to hit me up in the DMs and uh, you could be featured as part of the AMA Travel trade machine. Shout out to AMA Travel. AMATrial.ca. I'm in Nashville at the end of the month for our friends at AMA and Betway. Uh, that should be fun. Five days in Nashville. I'm sure I'll find something to do, even though the Oilers only pick three times while I'm there. Uh, NHL awards as well. So get to see Connor McDavid grab his second or third career heart trophy. Third. Third, third career heart trophy. back to back. Yeah, he did. Um, so here's your trade machine today. Spencer says, who says no to a swap between Edmonton and Vancouver, it's Kyler Yamamoto going out the door and Connor Garland going the other way to make this one more interesting. We did 950K retained on Connor Garland, which would bring Garland's cap it down to $4 million. But the 27-year-old has three more seasons remaining. It would then for the next year, in a way, for the Canucks, bring Yamamoto's cap it up to an even 4 mil but it's done at the end of this year. So Canucks get the younger player. They could trial him out, maybe re-sign him at the end of it. The Oilers get a guy who's more experienced, still undersized at just five foot 10, 165 pounds, but 17 goals in 81 games last year, 19 goals in 77 games the year before, 12 and 49 the year before, 22 and 68, then in his rookie year, 13 and 47. He's kind of been right around that 20 goal mark for back-to-back years now. Almost three if you were to prorate the 2020-21 season, which was ultimately cut short. I, I'm i intrigued by it, mm-hmm. but then he's your move, right? Like if you're doing this swap, then Fogel is the cap casualty to get Bouchard and you're not bringing in another, you're not bringing in a Connor Brown or a JVR. So he's your, he's your shot. Is he worth being the shot? I think I prefer Connor Brown. I would rather dump Yamo and sign Connor Brown than bring in Garland for three more years at four mil. I think there's a lot of layers to this yeah. trade because I think one for one, the Oilers are getting the better player. Mm-hmm. Makes sense for Vancouver in the sense that they get out of the contract a lot sooner. They're talking yeah. about like we're in a retool, not a rebuild, whatever they've been calling it. I just don't know if the Oilers will want to add that extra million to their cap. Yeah. We just discussed the situation they're in. I think this trade only happens if the cap goes up three million. That's fair. I think that's the only way I could see this. But then, even then, you're probably still having to sacrifice Fogel. Yeah, like like I said, there's a lot of layers. That's Mm -hmm. the thing, isn't it? Would you rather have Garland Brown or JVR? It's kind of Brown probably position, and Brown probably doesn't cost you three by four, which is ultimately what Garland is. So I think I say no to that actually. I'm out on it too. Also, have you seen these junior numbers? They are outstanding. 39 goals on 128 points in 62 games in his 20-year-old season. To 100, that wasn't even his career high. The year before, he had 129. <laughs> never hit those numbers in the NHL. Oh, you never know. 97 <laughs> shooter. Yeah. Eh? There's, <laughs> there's uh. that clearly untapped potential with the 27-year-old. Rami is in and has a question about cap space with McDavid and Dreisaitl. 
Send it in tomorrow. We're running out of time today. I want to talk about that, but I want to talk about that tomorrow. Uh, Tyler Mulek says, if Mantha gets bought out, then that is your best pickup. The only thing with Mantha is he shoots the wrong way, right? He's a, I think he's a left shot. So do you really want to add another left shot here? I don't know. Can Anthony Mantha play the right side? I don't know. But he's 6'5", 234 pounds. He would look interesting in this top six. He is listed as a right winger. NHL.com has, oh yeah, he is listed as a right winger. Okay. So he's a left shot that knows how to play the right side. Yeah. That, if you could get him for like 2 million bucks and he's just doing like, cause how old? 28. If he's doing the, give me one year to rebuild my value. This is where you do it, man. Edmonton's the home of that. 234 pounds. It's a big boy. Six foot five. He put on mass. That is, (laughs) that is a Holland player. Actually, Holland would have drafted him. Yeah, he would have. Also, uh, yeah, he would have because it would have been here. Would Tyler Wright have drafted him? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Or was Wright never that high up in Detroit? I get 2013 draft this was. So let's look up Tyler Wright. You do that. I'll see what's going on in the chat. Uh, Tyler Mulek says, I'm not sure if I think Garland's as big of an upgrade as to what's available. I think I agree with that. A lot of people saying if you're flipping Yamo to Vancouver, then Hoglander is the player you want to go get. Tons of skill. Got some upside there. Vancouver is over the cap right now, so they can't afford to bring in Yamo and and just move out Hoglander. So I don't think there's a fit there. Vancouver needs to shed money, not bring in more. Uh, Tyler Wright was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Year after though, oh, do you know what? Maybe because it would have been this summer between this Columbus and Detroit switch, so he could have. Yeah, we we're just gonna go ahead and say Tyler Wright probably liked him. Yeah, there you go. Why did he get drafted? Twentieth overall. Columbus was the pick before, and they passed on him. So maybe Ty, there's a 50-50 <laughs> chance <laughs> Tyler so Wright funny. either really likes him or really doesn't like him. Yeah, there's... they went with Kirby Reichel the spot before. I remember him being a guy I thought was gonna be. Awesome. I remember him too. He would. Yeah. He looked like he had some talent there. But Anthony Mantha, not as many points in the queue as uh, Connor Garland. Something ah. to consider. Well, uh, there you go. There's our trade machine for AMA Travel. We'll talk, chat some more trades throughout the week. Frank Servali stopping in on Wednesday this week on the show as well. Friday, I'm off. 
Yes. Which means it's a Liam and Jay show. It is. Or maybe just a Liam show. I don't know. Maybe just a Jay show. Maybe just an Aaron show. <laughs> Aaron like hits start in his desk and then like runs around here. Uh, all right. The Betway other sports report game two Stanley cup final. Well, that's the same sport, I guess, but it's available on Betway 19 plus please play responsibly. Uh, what do you make of this one? I think Florida bounces back. Uh, yeah, we'll go with the Panthers tonight. Three props. I like two of them. Plus money. Mark stone over two and a half shots had seven in game one. Anthony declared to grab a point. Also, Plus money. He had a goal last game. Has been awesome in these playoffs for the Cats. Riley Smith to pick up a point. Scored a goal in game one. He seems to be finding his groove. He's one of those guys who has Stanley Cup final experience. Two plus money. Riley Smith is minus 105. Three props I like on Betway. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, Miami Heat taking game two of the NBA finals. Shooting the lights out. An offensive clinic from Jimmy and Bam. Is it maybe time to... Bet on the Nuggets, though. Like I always say, once the series gets yeah. tight, it moves on. There's usually value. I'd imagine public money's pushing this thing more and more towards Denver because I'm not the only one having this idea. Um, but man, Miami did put up a good fight. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, Miami, they've got that dog in them, right, Aaron? <laughs> they- <laughs> Denver is still minus uh, like 200 to win this thing. But taking them on the series spread at Betway, Denver to win game three and win the series is even money. That's relatively tempting. Mm. Nuggets to win 4-2 is plus 300. That actually might be the play. I think Miami can steal one at home, but Denver to win this thing in six is probably a good spot. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like when Denver show up, Miami won't be able to compete. But I think betting on one more game to, to just even like game one on the surface was a blowout. But when Miami got rolling in the fourth, like they went on a couple of nice extended runs, man. Yeah, it's true. It just kind of depends. It's all on Jamal Murray, really. Is Jamal Murray rolling with the Joker or is it just the Joker dragging the dogs on his own? Yeah, fair. Uh, MLB action. Alec Manoa getting the start for the Jays. Jays return home after a road trip. They swept the New York Mets, which was awesome. Suck it, Mets. Their bats are coming alive, but they gassed the bullpen. They went Pearson, Swanson, Romano in game three of that series. So all three could potentially not be available tonight. <laughs> Manoa is starting. He's been brutal. The Astros are good. Just took three or four from the LA Angels. This is probably about as close to a scheduled loss as you can get for the Toronto Blue Jays. I am mm. very nervous about it. But I still kind of want to bet on them. They're favorites, though. Ah, they're favorites. Can't well, Houston them. will probably cheat that way to victory anyway. Classic so. Astros. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There you go. There's our Betway Other Sports Report. Uh, Tyler Mulek says double Florida championship this year would be something if Miami and if the Panthers and Heat both finished it off. Uh, we'll talk more. You guys got some questions about blue lines and things like that. Save those questions for tomorrow. We'll get to some listener questions and more tomorrow on the show. Uh, but that's going to be a wrap for today's edition of Oilers Nation every day. Live from the Sports Closet Studio brought to you by Sherwood Ford, UFC 289, AMA Travel. And Betway will be back noon Mountain Time tomorrow. I'll chat with you then.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.